welcome back, everybody, after a long summer hiatus to the Listening Podcast. I'm happy to be back, Sean. It's exciting. Me too. Me too. We had a couple vacations. We had some getaways. We had the dog days of summer. Not a lot of music talk needed to happen, so we're picking back up now with our summer music recap bonanza. And dude, we got a couple good ones. Oh my! This week god. to talk about from the last couple. Oh weeks. my god! Like probably two of the best albums of the year. Maybe yep. my top two. Like when it's all said and done, they will probably both be in. They'll definitely both be in my top ten. Probably both in my top five. Yeah. So yeah, yeah these are these are way way up there. These are big ones. Yeah. So the the two we're talking about are Foxing came out with Near My God, their third album, and then we're talking about Mitski came out with her what is it like her fifth or sixth at this point? Wait, she's got some weird like early ones that like Those were school projects. Right. That like I don't totally count. I haven't listened to them. I haven't either. Before Makeout Creek, they were like for her music yeah. school. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to one of the tracks from um the album before Makeout Creek, the first track on that's really good. She played that at the show I was at. Oh, that's cool. Um, but other than that, I've really just experienced Makeout Creek, Puberty 2, and now uh, Be the Cowboy. So we'll Which get into a big to, step in her to both of those. Yes, absolutely. I a, think actually that's like step. sort of the headline for the episode is that these two artists, although I never really listened to Foxing at all before this, but the storyline has been, and from everything I've heard, it makes sense that it would be that they're take they've taken a huge creative step. So is Mitski with, with yeah. Being a Cowboy, I think. Less so, but it but it's still a it's still a more yes. challenging album and, and more like she's trying more things. So I've I've two two thoughts and ideas on on both of those. One with Foxing, you're absolutely right. So I'd listened to Dealer in 2015, and I, I had dabbled with a few songs on the Albatross. And the story here is like this is like a step up. They went for it in terms of like the songs they're writing with the, nearer my god the, yes yes with nearer my god the songs they're writing the style the production all of those things and i think what i've been hearing under the surface rather than all the praise because that's been like the first thing i think is everyone's like hell yeah this album's awesome under the surface i think there's a tiny bit of worry or blowback from the band and fans like longtime fans that this is too different from some of their other stuff but I think that's to its credit in this case. Well, I think what I, I like about that is, and again, I, I didn't listen to Dealer. I didn't listen to The Albatross. I never really took the time to get into Foxing. Um, what I like about it is just really, first and foremost, a fan of rock and indie mm. rock and, and like big like yeah. albums that like are you know sort of either important or like really go for it. Or I mean, this has been getting... In almost every piece of press I've read about it, it's getting compared to OK Computer. Yeah, well, there are lots of Radiohead sounds and feelings on this album, so I'm not I'm not surprised. Not only, and you don't hear albums that sound like this. That's what I'm saying. Is it's not only in terms of the the sonics, Sean, right, right. the sonic Absolutely. textures. Yes, it's also in terms of like their storyline. Yeah, where Stephen Hyden in Uproxx was comparing it to the same trajectory of Radiohead, yeah. where he was like, you had Pablo Honey, the Benz. And and then okay, computer can that possibly be right? Like that, like that's I know that's yeah. such an ascent, and he's like, it's kind of what Foxing has done. That's a great point, and it's because they've again three albums, and this third one is just a big swing, and I think they really connect on this. Album. Oh my god, they knock it out of the park! It's it's a literal home run. Yeah, and I, I can totally see that comparison. That's interesting. I didn't quite think about it in that way, and what it must have been like when okay, computer came out. Because on the one hand, it's Totally different than anything they've done and revolutionary. I think you could say 
The same thing with Foxing and Near My God, that it's definitely different than anything they've done. Maybe not revolutionary, no. but you can certainly see how Albatross and Deal are kind of built to this in the same way I think you can see how Pablo Honey and the Benz built to OK Computer, even with how different they were. So the interesting thing that I think is worth talking about is that we had actually different experiences coming in. Like you had some exposure to Foxing. Mm -hmm. You had heard the Albatross. You'd heard Dealer. So you kind of knew what to expect out of them as yeah. a band. Yeah. So it seemed very different and it seemed like oh, yeah. a huge achievement as yes. a result of the fact that you're like, wow, like that's a huge yes. step for me. I had never listened to them and I was like, all right, I'm coming in fresh. Yeah. Like... It and, works both ways, I think. And it and I was similarly blown away by the fact that like shit, a band today did this. And like yeah. we'll get into the tracks in right. a little bit, but like right. for me, it was like, wow, it's crazy that a band can make an album this ambitious now. It doesn't seem like it was something that was totally possible or something people right. would go for, especially someone from the the generally associated with the emo scene. Yeah. And I had listened to both those first two albums as a result of being into that scene. And I, I never loved Foxing on the same level as I enjoyed, you know, Modern Baseball or Hotel Year, World's a Beautiful Place, or really any of those bands. I was like, oh, they're kind of like on the outside a little bit. Like they're on the fringes. There's a few songs here and there. This one, that Near My God coming out, has placed them as like the, the band who I think is doing the most impressive thing. Especially... As mentioned on the podcast with Stephen Hyden and Ian Cohen, Celebration Rock, that scene has kind of like been diminished in the past year it's or dissolved two. dissolved a bit. Yeah. Well, and part of what is so impressive about the statement that they're making with this album is like, it's impeccably produced. The songwriting is incredible. The, 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 just the production and the arrangements are unbelievable. And they're, it's a, it, they're not making like... A, a DIY emo right, record right or even like I mean I'm trying to think of the best produced other albums in the scene and it's probably like Goodness and maybe like You're Not As As You Think are like yeah. pretty heavily produced albums Holy Ghost maybe kind of yeah some of that like later day like the yeah. Cody right like but even are, that I, I think it's probably Goodness what are the biggest the most impressive uh, I think even that one the production isn't as pristine as no, on this record no 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 it's not there's not as many like beautiful layers and things That that's the thing there hasn't been an album that is like this in that scene that you can even compare and I think that's why the Radiohead comparisons are correct in this case well and that's why I think what I like about it is it's like the, I think part of the statement of this album is like we're an indie band we're a rock band we're not necessarily pigeonholed to just this scene. Yeah, yeah. And I, it is limiting. Like, this got an 8 on Pitchfork. Yeah. Which, that's the highest it can get. But it's like, that's it, it's a limiting label. It's bullshit, yeah. I think they know yeah. that. And I yeah. think anyone who, like, understands how Best New Musics get doled out or how those kinds of reviews work knows that, like, well, they were associated with that scene, so, like, it's not going to happen. Exactly. They Which can't. isn't fair, because this... I think, and I'm going to put it out there right now, is the best album I've heard this year. I think it's the most impressive. Yeah. Like, kind of by far. It's, it, I, I think... Uh, for you, you might feel differently about well, well, but, but certain it, things, but... It's for different reasons. Like, for me, my favorite might still be Casey. Right. But it's like, dude, I have logged months and months exactly, of heavy exactly, listening to exactly, the Casey yeah. Musgraves album. And, like, in terms of impressive and, like, the kind of music I love and, like, the kind of... Of, of statement I love from a band. Yeah, it's more impressive than the right. Casey Musgraves record. Right. So I, I want to tell you my story about when I first listened to this. Yeah, so let's hear it. This happens maybe once or twice a year 
where there's an album that I'm really looking forward to based off of either it's an artist that I love or it's supposed to be like awesome. And this, this has been the one this year really where I was like, okay, like I'm going to make an effort to listen to this at midnight, like when it drops. And I did with this, I was up in my, my room, just laying down, put the headphones in. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll fall asleep during this halfway through, but at least I'll like get a taste and I'll go back and listen tomorrow from the jump, from the first track, from Grand Paradise, when it drops the uh, shot collar at the gates of heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Like, they came to play on this. Not, not to cut your story off, but even before that, dude, like, when I first heard, like, so it starts off with that little beat, the boop, boop, yeah, boop, yeah, boop, yeah, boop, yeah, boop, yeah. Boop, yep. And when the guitars come in, it's doing the boop, I was like, okay, like, we're right. building, we're building, we're cooking, like, we're cooking. I was like, yeah. I love like this kind of guitar yes. tone. I love these yes. types of like arrangements. And they build it so well because like they're they're priming you for the drops on this. And yeah. then there's the hook. So what ended up happening is I had probably six or seven moments on this where I couldn't fall asleep because I was so just like shocked that this was put down on record and it sounded this good there was like jaw open moments where i was just like wow like they're doing this this is insane yeah, it's incredible and it all ended with lambert where i like goosebumps i was just like i can't believe this band made that song i, I can't i like still can't almost i i want to go into favorite moments yeah, like favorite yeah, tracks favorite yeah. moments so like you, you mentioned shot collar at the gates of heaven um that that first track is such a perfect intro to the record. It's an ambitious sounding track. Mm-hmm. Like it builds that part right there when those when that vocal drops and sort of like the, all the instrumentation comes in. Yep. Also at the end when they hit that big emphatic last chord yeah. of the song, yeah. and you're like, all right, like this was it. Like because that's a it's a song that serves as an intro to the album yes. in terms of like here's some of the shit you're gonna be hearing. Yes. Like, we're sounding kind of like TV on the radio here, yeah. mixed with U2, mixed with fucking Radiohead. Oh God, yeah. Like, we're doing all the, your favorite indie shit, yep. and, like, now you're off to track two. Yep. Which is Slapstick. Which is the single. I love, Jake, when albums put out a few singles, and one of them is the second track, after an intro that we don't know yet. I don't like when the first track is one I already know. I feel like the weight and balance of the album is immediately thrown off. Where I'm just like, I know this one too well already. Like, it, I right. can't hear it as an opener now. Exactly, yeah. You can't, I don't like opener as a single. This was done perfectly with Slapstick at number two. And moments on that, like, we've already talked about this song. But the when this song builds... I didn't know it, it as gets, well when we last and, talked And it gets it. to the chorus. Like, this is maybe my favorite song of the year. But... It would be up there with like three other ones on this album at this point now. This, so it's tough. It's tough. This, but this one really is is a favorite one. It's me. without a doubt one of my songs of the year. Um, the whole open the door so I can fall in part, dude. It was, if you're talking moments, when you get to the, the there's no more sun, there's no more yeah. light shining through part, and he comes back in singing yeah. fucking hard, and he's yeah. singing the um, what is it? I'm something with a head glow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and like the headache from bad coke. Yes, I'm I'm on the floor with a halo. Yes, always vacations. Yeah. And what I realized about this vocalist is what I love so much about what he's doing. I think there's a couple different people chiming in on vocals so, on yeah. here based on what I've read, but. There's dynamic, interesting vocals on here, and like he, he's doing all different stuff on yep. this song alone. Yep. Like there's the beautiful sort of angelic sounding stuff yep. with the no more light coming through part. There's the screaming stuff that's happening, um, and there's that like the grittiness of that part, yeah. the the always vacations part at the yes. end where, um, 
Yeah, man. It just is like it really yeah, gets man, that me song. Every time. And I've listened to that a lot now. Yeah, and like it still has not gotten old. I was listening to it earlier today. I was like, damn, this song does it still. I look forward to every part of it. Yo, me too. Me too. And then uh, the big moment we were actually talking about this earlier in the week. Uh, in I think it's like Prince or, or, or Lich Prince. Lich I think? Prince. It's I think supposed it's to be like a lichen, right? I think. I don't know if it's related to the the Lich King. I think that's a okay. thing from like, oh, okay. gaming. Oh, gotcha. From like dungeons. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah or, or yeah, from okay. from from uh, Warcraft or something. We like did real research. We probably would have known that. Right, but um, I, like I'm not gonna the so the feel like a houseplant scream yeah. into that fucking guitar solo, dude. <laughs> oh my god! With the hammer on hammer on Jesus. Because that's another moment where you're like, wow, I didn't expect this type of guitar solo here. Exactly. Like the dude's like kind of shredding, but it's yeah. too, it's too a song that I think is in a weird time and is also in this weird chord progression thing. It's like, and it, it fits it perfectly. Um, I just want real love for you, Jake. Right, dude. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I feel like a house plant. It's, it's hard right. to feel real love when you feel like a house that's, plant. That's very true. You go into Game Shark, and on Game Shark is a crazy Game song. Shark uh, sounds like a Wild Beasts song. Right. Um, the British, like, kind of like art rock chamber yeah, pop band. Um, I've also been told it kind of sounds like. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. It has that kind of like, or maybe that was maybe that was later. But I think I, it's Game think, Shark. I think Game Shark. Yeah, yeah. Because it has that sort of haunting, yeah, like creepy sound about right, it. And he's right. singing very theatrically when he's yes. doing like the "Come and Get the Me" thing, <laughs> yes, like yes. like that thing. And the beats dropping behind yeah. that are so interesting. Like that that song is so. I think that is actually my least favorite on the album, but. I'm so happy it's there. I still really like it. Yeah. I just, I think if there was one you could get rid of, it's probably that because it's so different. If I had candidates for least favorite, they, like, that would be among them. In the bottom three, I think our crown candy won't drown in that. If I had a bottom three. Uh, won't drown is definitely not in my f last three. Mine okay. would be, uh, yeah, Game Shark, Crown Candy... Bastardizer would be like my my, okay. my bottom. I, three, I've, I and so like I've had a, so we can talk about five cups since we're kind of going in order. Yeah, but I, so, have, I have thoughts on Bastardizer that I want to get to. Oh, we will. Yeah. So five cups is like this one hit me big time when I was listening just on my own because it's kind of slowed down. This feels like a mixture of a Radiohead song and Transatlanticism by Dude. Death Cab. Like so hard. Like instead of I I want you so much closer, need you so much closer, whatever the fucking lyric is. It's, I want to drive with my eyes closed. And when he's like, singing that, the way he does it, when he's, I want to drive, and he holds that note, and then under it, there's like this sort of descending harmony under it, yep. with also a falsetto yep. voice, dude, beautiful. That, it works so well. And there's the extended sort yeah, of ambient, outro, experimental yeah. outro, yep. which I love. I, I mean, do too. That hasn't gotten old. This is a nine-minute song, and I'm still like very here for I'm it. I'm always, you know? dude, yeah. I'm all, that's exactly it. I'm always like, okay, like yeah. I'm here for this. Like I'm, it's, I'm, a, it's a really nice... Um, oh, we skipped Near My God. The we song. did skip Near My God. My bad. I, I just want to say the last thing about Five Cups is it's, I think, a perfect bookend to side one. And it kind of, that outro prepares you for side two. Yeah. Uh, Near My God, though, I just want to say that is up there with Slapstick and Lambert as my, those, that's my top three, right? Okay. In some order, depending on mood, that's my, that's my order. That song grew on me like no other. I listened to it when it was a single. I was like, yeah, this is good. Like, good. Very good. The more I listen, though, and the more, like, you get used to it, the more I fucking love it. Especially the end where he's, he's like, um, 
do you want me at, at all? Yeah, but the it's the whole part where he's like ashing cigarettes on gravestones, yeah. uh, pinning photographs on cork boards, unfollowing my dead friends. Um, is anybody going to like love me at all, or does anybody want me at all? Um, that that song, was awesome. That song is so massive and so mm. slickly produced. It like it just sounds so clean. And mm-hmm. it, it, I think you told me that they almost considered not including it. Yes, right? yeah, they almost didn't include it because they were like, "Oh, this is too hard on its sleeve. This is too like on the nose." I look forward and to it on every listen. Chris Walla of Death Cab for uh, formerly of Death Cab for Cutie, the uh, producer. who helped produce this album, uh, was like, "No, you got to keep this on." Um, so very, very happy that they did. Yeah, that, that's an incredible song. Heartbeats is super cool. It's like yeah, it's, it's 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 got those strings, big strings in them. I love that. It has that really interesting string arrangement. And it, I was reading about it today, and I guess like the band, one of the members, I think the singer, was really, really interested in having this on the album, and yeah. everyone else had a hard time like counting it, had a hard time like playing it. I yeah, because it's in a weird time. I can see that it kind of just meanders through. The it's rhythms like, are so weird. Yeah. In it. Um, but it's it's a really interesting like heartbeats sounds like it should be in a movie trailer. Yes. When like and I thought about this when I was on vacation in Colorado and we were like driving through the plains and we went up this little hill and then when you went down you saw like the entire fucking valley and it was when like the you're not in love yes. hit I was like, Oh, this feels very big, very theatrical. This needs to be in a movie trailer. Yeah, it and, and again like the, when I first heard the string arrangement that is on it like I I don't know that I'd heard strings it's something about the way they're in there it's not the way I've heard strings usually mm. in rock music it sounds like very classical yeah yeah like yep. leaning way more towards yep. like classical music yep. I thought that was an interesting move yeah like, another and, like um, big swing by them and, and strings were something that they definitely had included on on dealer uh in some ways I think there's actually a nice short uh yeah, it's the song Glass Coughs, um, I believe, on Dealer. That's kind of just like a violin ambient song almost. I think there might be some other stuff in it. I, I don't totally remember. But they that's one of those things like Radiohead where it was like on the bends they did Street Spirit Fade Out. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, what's this? And then that was like a preview of things to come. That That's kind of what that reminded me of. It's like, oh, you're definitely building on that. Well, and part of... Um... What I've gathered about Foxing, part of the story on them is that they they were always a little more eclectic, a little more like willing to take instrumental and sort of like yep. songwriting risks yep. than a lot of bands in the scene. Yep. They were like one of the least yes. straightforward rock bands of yep. the of sort of the scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Trapped in Dillard's, I think, is awesome. That one is actually like top half of favorites. Okay. I, I love that one. I love. The way it starts, I'm passive to the point of giving up. Right, uh, is like a heart wrenching like first line, and I just love the like the the talk about now I'm trapped between an exit and a uh, pregnant ex love. She uh, she's she believes in God again. That line hit lo- me really hard. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, because of personal experiences with people who like who have found religion right. and then like lost it, or but like and it's yep. confusing to you as a person. Like, yeah, that line hit me pretty hard. Yeah. Um, the nothing works like that refrain yes, is, I think, lo- effective yep. to someone who's inclined to like nihilism. <laughs> yes, yes, and like exactly. shit, nothing matters. I, why I, I try? I think it can maybe be a little on the nose for other people who don't think like that, but for people who do, it's like yes, this it, is speaking to it me. It probably is just a little yeah. on the nose in general. Yep, 
Yep, you're probably right. But I, um, I do love that song. I'm gonna stump for bastardizer. Yeah, Wait. yeah. I, I look. That's not to say I don't like this. No, song. I know. Like, I, know I, I actually, I think it's great. I like all the songs I said are in my bottom three too. Um, the the whole you think um, I must not remember, but I do. I do part, especially in the middle. There's one where it builds, like it goes quiet for a second, and he sings like. He's doing like kind of like more lilty falsetto, like yeah. I do, like that yeah. part, and then he comes crashing back in with yeah. like a really passionate version of it. Yep. And at first, I was like, "Yeah, this song is like lower." Yeah, it it is like risen like no other for me. I find it like not only really catchy, but I think it's emotionally one of the most affecting on the album for me. Interesting, yeah. It, it really like, for what reason in particular? The way he sings those lines in general, the the sheer like grit in his voice during yeah. that, and the amount he's like clearly going for it over those yeah, parts. Yeah, okay, song. yeah. You're t- that part is awesome. I think the part that gets me is that little like shout along chorus refrain it's catchy and i like it a lot i think that yeah yeah like it's great but i think that's the part for me where i'm like oh it's a little bit lower just because of that i, I don't know why it's not my I, very favorite i, I love the, the rest of that song and isn't that where he's like doing a really high like like in the background it's it's one of those um because he does that throughout and i love that yeah um Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I don't know if... Well, maybe the part I'm thinking of... I'm is just like harmonized. Yeah, like, it's... With um, shit. I think what it is, is it's just like... It's this... There's this something really pure about the emotion being conveyed in this one. And it's like... It is sort of right on the nose. He's very out there about what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that... The, the, I kind of like... I usually am not a huge fan of bagpipes. I think they work oh, well the bagpipes. Yeah, yeah. The, those are cool. Those, um, those are cool. It's just one that grew on me much more than I expected. And I it like it hit me the other day when I was on whatever like my tenth listen I don't know and I was like shit like bastardizer is growing on me a lot I expected it to be maybe my least favorite yeah but it's not it's like yeah. it's like right in the middle somewhere so anyways that that's one that I just think it's an incredible vocal performance on that song I agree with that that that's I, and I I think that's uh, a great reason to love it and yeah it happens to probably be in my bottom three but right. um, still love it so. Crown Candy, I think, is one that's also kind of lower for me. I, I I do love the "I'm wasting my life on you" chorus. Yeah, um, it's not one that it's it's definitely one of the less it's just, memorable. It's like that's the coolest me. part. Like, there's no, and you can get sick of just that chorus, you know. So, right, still a great song. And I've I've, I've personally felt like "Won't Drown" is it's more memorable. I think I love "Won't Drown." I think "Won't Drown" is great. I think the chorus of uh, bravery won't drown, so you keep the water running. It's really cool. It's it's a, v- a very very cool lyric. And dude, the beginning when he's doing like the mouth open for rain, for rain pinching your nose, pinching to wake yourself from hell, but your knees glued to the floor, anchored in feel. And then he's doing that like screaming at your shoes, cemented in a crude. Like yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. dude, what? Yeah, that, and it goes into the doom doom doom. It's like what that's, are like. That's basically like Michael Jackson getting up there on like this emo song that then turns into like that death cab like bass. Yeah, and again, like I, I mean, I think this is an album without a bad track mm. for sure. Um, and like even on my least favorites, there's moments where I'm like, yep, yeah, yeah, definitely no, I, here for that. Yep, yep. Um, and you know, maybe it, it, it probably I'm sure the same effect that happened with Bastardizer will happen with this song. Where like even today I was liking it more than I had yesterday. Yeah. The other part I really love too is once it gets into the chorus, you're kind of used to it. It has that moment where he's like, "Rise up and wipe 
that sleep from your eyes and and then it goes way back into the the chorus and it just kind of builds up again i really like that part too. I, I think what it is is that i don't i don't necessarily like full-on totally love that the the melody of the braver yeah okay fair like, i don't that's know if fair. like that totally yep. in 100 does it for me as much as other stuff that's on fair. my album lambert lambert however, though oh my god this we're so lucky this song exists yeah and it it I, I think this is a perfect song it's actually. So um, I was talking to my little sister about this. I showed it to her. I was like, this could have been like a radio hit in like the eighties or early nineties, probably when like these types of songs were more inclined to get played. The first thought I had was like, this is a U two song. This it's, is a massive U two song. Yeah, it it kind of parts of it. The way he's singing remind me of Matt Burninger. That too. It, it's also a national song in because of those vocals. The drums too. When it when like that solo kind of kicks in, that's very national esque drumming. The part that gets me by far the most though is when it builds up, um, and it goes into like the racing drums, yeah. the really fast guitar riff. Yep, and he's doing that like. It's like this, again, it's definitely multi-tracked vocals, but there's one that's doing this like pinched sounding falsetto. Yes. I've never heard someone sing quite like yes. it. It's kind of like a, it almost sounds like kind of like a jazz singer or something, yeah, yeah. but like mixed with this dreamy high falsetto, like you said, U2, maybe Temper trap is. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And the there's parts of that where when he's hitting the really high notes... Well, I, I'm like liable to goosebumps. It's goosebumps. It's happened like half the times I've listened to this yeah. song. The, it's the whole part where he's like, I spent so long at the gate. Heaven won't take me in. And I threw up so many times on the way. And then he goes, heaven won't take me in. And then he re he goes even higher on the yeah. next, heaven won't take me in. Yes. That's the goosebumps part. I never, I honestly do. I've listened to that a bunch of times. I never looked at the yeah. lyrics. I didn't know that's yes. what he was saying. Because yes. it's like, they're kind of, you can't totally understand it. Yeah, I would I have had to right. look it up. Um that's that those that that's that's those are good lyrics for that part. It is, and I just love the and little it, it, like it bookends the album well. It do, yes, because the does. shot caller at the gates of heaven yep. is at the beginning. And heaven will let me in. Yeah, and I love the little subdued outro where it's just give back a note from the other one. Like that's yeah, you know, just to and tell them all to go home. It's the, a great, great. It's it's very much like a, an amazing closing track. I mean, it's yeah, it, it's such a good song. And Powerful. It, and it's one of the shortest on the entire album. Yeah, but it doesn't feel that way. It has this huge build. Yep. It does so much in that time. Yep. It's uh, it's very very impressive. Feels like a song they must have known what they had. Oh my god! And it is like a perfect closer. Uh, that's the other thing I want to say about this album. It is perfectly sequenced and tracked. Oh my god. Like, I wouldn't change the order of this album for anything. I wouldn't either. It, it does work really, really well in the sequence it has. And it's like, again, it's almost an hour long. It, it flies does right by. It does it, not it, feel it's, that it's, way. It's honestly, dude, it's been flying by for me since, like, my second list. It, it, so, I am up to... I checked on uh, on Last FM to yep. see how many total scrabbles or plays I had yeah, for this. Yeah. It's close to 300 now. And on the album? Yeah. Not like I've listened 300 times. It's total, total listens for each of the tracks added together is like 300. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I probably listened through like 20-ish times yeah. and then listened to a bunch of other ones a handful of other mm -hmm. times. So mm -hmm. a great sign for this album is I had an incredibly like strong, passionate love affair with it that first week and like listened to nothing else. Did a, a few days of a break, but then was right back to it and still love it like as much or more than I did when I first heard it. Because that can happen sometimes. I noticed with um, Father John Misty this year, 
I had a really strong like first week with it and I was like okay I get it like I don't need to listen to this more yep. I haven't been back to it either. and I have I haven't listened like since you know what else um, I haven't been back to is Arctic Monkeys I've dabbled with some songs here and there that one when's the bit, last time you did a full list uh, it's been a while it has been a while I haven't been back to it that much yeah. and I haven't totally wanted to and it's yeah. honestly as much as I like that and as much as I love God's favorite customer um, it's been the same situation well, for well me. that's the thing that's why I say near my God and be the cowboy are probably shoo-ins to be top like two is because there really hasn't been a strong contender for me other than you know these two it, I, I mean I, I love that push a t album but i almost picked that as my favorite at the mid-year point to say how weak the mid-year point had been yeah but i i mean i still think you had felt pretty strongly about that oh i still that would still be like number three after right. you know or two whatever who knows but you know, a 20-minute Pusha T album as when in the same year there was Father John Misty and Arctic Monkeys, like, you know, that that's telling. telling. That's very telling. It so is telling. Let's, let's talk a little bit about Mitski, Jake. We don't necessarily have to do track by track. I just no, kind of want to... I think I think that I, that was the first time we've done a track by track Yeah, and I think it was like it needed to be done Probably necessary. Album. I think the story with Mitski, too, and why I don't think it's as necessary is... This is less an album where every track feels as consequential mm-hmm. in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like I agree, it's so it's much shorter. It's like just over thirty minutes, and yeah. like there are. I, I've noticed with this album, like I always love being in it. I yep. always love listening to it. There are tracks here and there that when I get to them, I'm like, oh yeah, like that one is like actually kind of forgettable. Yeah, but but, but I, it's two minutes, so I'll just listen to it and be on to the next or awesome. Or it's one. a minute forty two. Yes, yes, like I don't I mean, care. It does happen with a few, and I, I think um. So I wanted to talk first about the reception of Be the Cowboy. I actually have sort of a hot take here. Go ahead, yeah. Um, so we, if we compare it to Foxing, where a lot of people were like, whoa, like Big Step, a little bit different than their other stuff. Be the Cowboy, before this was even announced, felt like it was preordained to be like celebrated a classic and a classic. Yeah, yeah. Because we've seen this ever since we've done the podcast, Jake, is... Music critics and websites almost seem to be like an album cycle late on coronating people. I think we saw it. Julian Baker was one that I thought of, and this happens a lot where it's like, oh shit, we kind of missed the boat on like so we're gonna, this great album. We're gonna crown their ass. So on this the next album. time around, we're gonna actually say that's their best one yet. I don't think Be the Cowboys Mitski's best album yet. I actually think. Bury Me at Makeout Creek and Puberty 2 are more enjoyable to me right now. Okay. That being said, Mitski albums, for me, have always grown on me way after the That's fact. That's what I was going to say. Way it's after the fact. So it's not even fair right now to say that. So this one is maybe the most like impressive musically. I think there's songs on the other ones that I, I am drawn to more. Um, do you agree with that take, though? That like well, it, it feels like... People yeah. were it's riding the wave of Puberty 2 and the goodwill towards Mitski. Everyone wants, loves Mitski, wants her to be successful, loves these songs. So it's like, let's just... You know, this gets like, what, an 8.8 on Pitchfork and Foxing gets an 8.0. It's like, I see that and I'm like, this can't be... Like, it's not just the strength of the music. I, but again, dude, like, I, I don't... I don't even trust that shit anymore. No, all. I don't need. No, I don't either. Because, but. like, dude, like... That shit is so clearly yeah. motivated by press. Yeah. Like the press that an artist gets, like the ins they have yeah. in the industry, yeah. the storylines the press wants to tell. Like, 
you have to weigh that shit. It yeah. has to be there's there's a scale. It's like a bell curve. Yeah. No, it's so true. And it's an so eight true. for a band like Foxing is like a fucking nine it's five. Like, or I something. know, I know. And an it's eight point eight for Mitski is probably just that. She's probably weighted appropriately or I, a little. I, a little yeah, high. That, that's that's probably a good point. And like, I, so I don't take it totally seriously. I think this album is very, very enjoyable. I do too. Um, I still have a huge connection with Puberty 2. I haven't listened yeah. to Make Out Creek as much. So good. I, that's actually my favorite, Make okay. Out Creek. Yeah, I think um, it's most consistent. And so on this album, I think she's trying a lot of things that yep. I love. A, a sneaky, no pun intended, dark horse for me is A Horse Named Cold Air. Interesting. So that's one of the ones where I'm like, oh, I could do without that. Dude, no. I, that's what I think about. That's what I think about, like, maybe Remember My Name or Pink in the Night a Dude, little bit. Dude, Remember My Name's my, f- like, I think my favorite song really? on here. Really? Yeah. I was listening to it today, I was like, ah. Oh, I think that might be my favorite. Really? I don't know. I maybe. love that that chorus. Yeah. I'll listen again. The thing is, is they go by so fast. I know, I know, I know. When I, when I've, so, like, okay, a, a horse named Cold Air is not my favorite song. Right. But it's one where her vocals on that are so fucking haunting, dude. Yeah. They're it's, amazing. It's true. And it's like this, like, I feel like what I love so much about that is the Cold Air thing is so much personified by her voice. Yeah. She's singing oh, like Cold Air, dude. That's, that's a great point. And it, it's beautiful. That's it actually gets point. me I'm every gonna, time. I'm going to listen more. Let's mo- both make a pact. You listen to Remember My Name as, like, a perfect pop song. And I'll listen to A Horse Named Cold Air in that respect. Just listen to what she does with her voice. But, okay, and I agree. And I think that that, what just happened is telling of what this album is it's like as so an experience. It's so true, yes. And I think the more we listen to it, we're going to have different takes on this. I think the reason why is that Mitski's like, here's all this shit I'm trying. Yeah. With Fox saying, they're like, here's this, like, it's a, a fucking album's album. Yep. yep. Like, you're going yeah, to listen to this. Yeah, right. It's an experience. Yep. It's cohesive. And, like, we planned every detail yep. right out. Mitski's like, this is produced a little better than the last one. But she's like, I'm still doing my thing where yeah. each song has its own little idea. I have, like, these pop ideas that are different, all packed into like two, two and a half minutes, and they're all awesome in their own way. I, so, uh, f- favorite songs for you? What What would you say? I, I got, my favorite's just nobody. Yeah, it yeah, that, like kind of. It's I think the best song on here. Her Her voice on this song is like I, I actually think she really. You can tell I think how hard she tried to sing this song. Yeah, like impeccably, yes. dude. She sings it like. I think technically perfectly. Yeah. It's all from the chest. Yeah. It's this smooth, like very smooth. Sort of like old timey crooner delivery. Yeah. Where it's it's so much yes. it's the smoothest transition yeah, from note so to true. note. It's and so dude, true. and and as a composition, like at the end of it, she's jumping around in pitch in such crazy yeah. ways. And she gets to that like kind of disco part. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's very interesting. I love that song. Also up there, um, would be I'll just I'll rattle them off. Uh-huh. Would be um, why didn't you stop me? A yep. pearl, um, lonesome love, yep. and maybe. So I already mentioned a horse named Cold Air. Uh, me and my husband. Those are all. So up there for me. my favorites, I would say, are probably Geyser. Nobody, obviously. Geyser sort of in the middle for me for some reason. I don't know why. Um, you gotta listen to it really loud. I I like the song. Okay. I like like I. I noticed that because when I first heard the singles, like it's good, it's not great, and I kept listening more. And I think the way it's like produced is a little lower. You really need to like for, crank it. For me, that's this that's this album's like your best American girl, where it's, yeah. it's huge. Okay. And she goes yep. for like a big yep. emotional thing. Yep. Um, I think it works. I just think for some reason it hasn't risen as like a favorite. Yeah. I don't know. Guys, who's up there? A pearl, definitely. I love a pearl. So good. Remember my name for sure. Um, you know what one I actually love is "Coming to the Water." 
That's my horse named Cold Air okay. on this album. It's like this slow, it's like this 60s little pop, like, like kind of really um, bright guitar strum yeah, that, kind of thing. And it's it's vibe. It's all vibe. See, dude, Sean, what this is doing to me right now is I'm like, I just want to listen to this whole album. Right? Man. See, that's that's what happens. It's, yeah. This reminds me of an experience like kind of like Ariel Pink last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where with, yep. where with, with that Bobby Jameson album, it was like... It, 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 there were all these weird little songs like yep. oh I like bubblegum dreams it's like I'm really yeah. into the d- dedicated to Bobby Jameson right. song and you listen like, oh shit yeah this yeah, is the yeah, one that does that yeah. like I love that and that's part. the thing because it's 14 tracks is a long album and what I realized is that on this album I, I've listened to shit ton of times now on most of my initial listens I just let it roll yeah, and I yeah. didn't even look at what the songs right. were, and it was only in the last and couple they, they days. They go by quick. Yeah, it is tough to like. I actually couldn't really tell you how like Blue Light or Old Friend go. Really, I kind of remember Old Friend. It's the one where she's like, "Meet me at the diner." Oh or whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is yeah. that Blue Light? No, Blue Light's near the end. Blue Light's second to last. I think Two Slow. I think Two Slow Dancers is one of my least favorite. The last. I actually time. really like Two Slow Dancers. I, uh, I can I can it. see why. Um, I you know what I really like Washing Machine Heart. Yeah, Washing Machine Heart cool. is growing cool on me. It, it, you know what it is? It's always one where at the beginning I'm like, oh, I don't love this one. But then it builds into it something does. I like It does. It gets you. Uh, do you think Me and My Husband, is that like a tongue-in-cheek song? Yes. Okay. I think it's... I think It's well, it's, like, it's kind of a joke, right? I think with Mitski, though, based on the interviews I've seen of her and like the way she seems to present herself, she actually is... She, she's basically a beaten-down romantic. Yeah. Mitski yeah, is someone yeah, yeah, who yeah, yeah. has a romantic yeah. heart and is like... She... Disappointed by everybody. She was talking in an yeah. interview I was reading where she was like every, or not reading, watching, where she's like, everyone I've ever met who I have a crush on, she's like, I try to sneakily learn their birthday so I can do their full astrological chart. <laughs> like, she's someone who's like, and she's like, so many Sagittarius's have broken my heart. <laughs> oh, that's like music to your ears. I was like, oh, that's sure. cool. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. But she, uh, I think she's like a big time romantic and I think she has this like, at the same time, distrust and also real like probably beyond logic type of connection to those types of ideals yeah. and i think there is something to her yep. that is romantic about the idea she's like well i'm now i'm committing to that furrowed brow yeah like this is my fucking dude and we're right. gonna love each other forever right right and like right, right. you know maybe it's not that exciting but i don't think that's her actual situation right but like you know yeah yeah that, that's actually great that's great this album is really really good and and again i don't have as many like um firm thoughts on it as I do with Foxing. I know I love this album. I know it's one of my favorites. Uh, I think to really contextualize it, I need to keep listening though. I I agree and I think really if, if only to make sure I actually know all the fucking tracks. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Because I'm getting there, but... Jesus. Um, so Jake, those were the two big releases that yeah. we had. Let's do a, a lightning round summer music recap with some of the other ones that have been uh, floating around in our radar. So one of them is this new Death Cab for Cutie album. Thank you for today. I gotta say, I think my, my whole thing on it is like, this is actually pretty good for a 2018 Death Cab album. Ben Gibbard, a great songwriter. He's just gonna be consistent. You know what you're gonna get. The only thing is, it's like outside of maybe... A couple songs I'll I'll take for like a Death Cab playlist. Yeah, it's like if I want this, I'm gonna get it from one of their other albums. That's totally fair. Yeah, I've had a good little string the last couple of days with this, where I'm starting to get into the the, the yeah. swing of it. 
I think there's some really cool songs yeah, on yeah. it. It's not, you know, Autumn Love is really good. Yep, I like um, um, the, what's the gold one? Something about yeah, gold. that gold. Yep, yep, um, yep. I like the first track. I like yep. Sixty and Punk. I do too. I do. Sixty and Punk is like sort of sad and moving, and I yeah. always wonder who he's talking about. Is it himself? I don't know. Is he like talking about himself in the future? As like, dude, like these ideals that you're sticking to, and like playing these shows for nobody like isn't worth it you, like, you kind of do have to sell out a little bit but a lot of it is sort of like biographical in some ways because he's it sounds it because he's like I met you when I was 22 mm. maybe that's what he's saying is like that's when I started yeah I don't know so it could be yeah. autobiographical Interesting. Um, Interesting. I, I like this album generally it's something that blows me away but like um, and I think actually on my first listen I, I almost didn't really like it that much to yeah. be honest with you like I was like okay like that felt sort of like nothing well it like it's it sort of is but, it's it just this generally enjoyable Death Cab album that like it's not gonna change your life and it's not one like you really need to listen to more than once or twice to get a sense of as an example like a lot of people are saying it's better than either Codes and Keys or or um or Kintsugi I think it is better than Kintsugi that's and that's fine I, I don't think it's better than Codes and Keys I wasn't gonna stump for Kintsugi but like even if it is better than Codes and Keys it, like yeah I, like that album again with with Death Cab a big part of it is like Codes and Keys came place. out when I was eighteen time and place or nineteen yep. and it's like that meant yep. a fuck ton to me then yep. and I was like okay like I'm getting into this band like maybe this is a classic by them and I kind of made it a classic to myself me too because I constantly listened to me it. too uh, I think we probably like that album a lot more than other Death we do. Cab fans do, we do but hey like it's not considered it's considered in like the bottom album yeah it, but I don't care that was like the exact right age and that's when I was getting into all their other stuff too and so the reason why I listen to Death Cab now isn't for Ben Gibbard to speak to my life now it's to remind me of what it felt like to feel emotions as strongly as you do when you're 18, 19, 20 when you're in like your very late teens to early 20s don't you feel like in some ways that's why he even writes them? yeah absolutely yes yeah I think that's what he's doing now is like oh I'm trying to like bring this emotional tie back yeah that, that's death cab for me at this point it's probably in some reason in some respect why they probably never will get it fully back no they won't they would have to they'd have to really change or do something dramatically different to like really shake things up to, to have anyone say like okay shit here's a death cab album worth listening to and even to. then I think it would just be looked at through the lens of everything they've already done what they would have to do they'd have to do like a Paul Simon Graceland type yeah, thing, yeah, like, this yeah. is a very mature yes. different approach yes exactly and who knows what that exactly. is exactly uh, it's generally enjoyable, though. Uh, also generally enjoyable was this new Interpol album, Mar- yeah. Marauders. Marauders. Yeah. Um, I listened to this like one and a half times or whatever, and was like, "Yeah, this is this is Interpol, and like you're doing stuff that sounds good." Like, yep. I've listened th- once. Okay. Oh, the, the thing about Interpol, though, for me, my, this is my big take on. It. I was thinking about it earlier today while I was listening to a couple of these songs, like. The Rover, really cool song. Like, Stay in Touch, cool song. There's cool shit going on on here. But I'm like, again, if I want Interpol style, I'm going to listen to Turn on the Bright Lights or Antics. And even those, I don't love as much as other people. Or as much as I feel like I should. Because those, again, came out before our time. And there's an element of having to go back and familiarize yourself if it was time and place and we got into Interpol like when they were peaking oh yeah yeah this would be a different story but 
Now it's like, well, do I really need to listen to this album? Because I can go listen to like maybe their better stuff. So I listened to Marauders once. It's fine. Whatever. I, I'll probably listen again. I think it, it, it's it's good. What, what's been more exciting for me is that so we're going with big friend of the pod, Spencer yeah. and Bill, to um, go. I am excited for that. I'm excited to see this too. And like for me, Interpol, it's going to be interesting for me because. They're a band that's always been more ephemeral for me. They're just sort of on the right. sidelines where it's like, right. I fucking love Evil. I love like, you know, Obstacle One yeah. and, you know, PDA yep. and, and Narc yeah. and those songs. And like, and, but so I've been going back trying to like get a little more into it just to see, you know, what like I really like. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did some listening to Turn on the Bright Lights and Antics. I never realized how fucking good the first half of Antics is. Yeah. That, well, that's the story of that album. Is it like kind of It like, falls off. Peter's out, but I mean, Kamir is good, but dude, that the next exit into Evil, which is my favorite Interpol song. Yep. I think I think Evil is like a perfectly uh-huh. written song. It, it's fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. And when you get into that chorus, that it took a lifespan with no that cellmate is yeah. incredible. Narc is awesome. Take you on a cruise is really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's one that, that is, like that always sneaks up on me. And you know what I've realized is that this is one of those albums where. As I'm get, getting into it now, I'm like, I already know all this because Spencer was always fucking yes, playing this. Yes, yes. I was like, why do I know all these yes, songs? Like, oh, we're primed Spen- for it. Yeah. I've heard them all a million times yep. through Spencer. Yep. And so it's one of those ones. I think that's happened with me with albums with you before. Yeah. Where, um, like, Celebration Rock. Yes. Japan Droids. Yes. Where that I was, was like, definitely. I listened back to it and I was like, oh, I really like this better now. Why? Because <laughs> right, I was like, well, right. Sean played it all the time. <laughs> right, right. Like, that's why. Yeah, like it, why. yeah. You can make yourself and others like stuff more than you do. Like, Codes and Keys is a perfect example yeah. of that. There's so. there's things that Paul Banks does that, like, I, for me, eventually their sound, I, I'm not into it always for a full-length album. But for a song, they really oh my god, yes, punch. yes, it's like such a unique rock sound, yeah. and you're like, I want all of this, and but it never, it's an ephemeral, untouchable kind of thing. It's like they're not even fully capturing it on this one song, and any more than this one song is like too much. If right. that makes sense, yeah, that's no, interesting. Yeah. Um, Another quick one, Jake. This Trevor Powers album, formerly known as Youth Lagoon, he put out one called Mulberry Violence. Way more experimental, way less um, straight melody or more uh, less melodic than any of so. his Youth Lagoon stuff. This reminds me the most of Wondrous Bug House. That's kind of, but even that is like not not it, what just, this is. Just in terms of it's experimental, right? But Wondrous Bug House is a way bigger sounding album. Yes. Yes. Well, song yes. Like Mute. This one just sounds like him being like, I want to try cool sounds. I'm I, gonna do it. I read that he was like he to get back into making music, he was like getting into visual art. Oh. And he wanted to try to create what he thought that certain art sounded like. Interesting. So it was sort of like that, which is I think technically called ekphrasis. Art huh. about art. So like if you write a poem about a painting, that's called ekphrasis. I, that makes sense for what this is and like I don't think this is an album that you're going to listen to in the same way as Youth Lagoon or maybe even revisit that often. But I think if you're interested in the music Trevor Powers makes, this is in like followed him in any way with Youth Lagoon. This is worth listening to just to see like where he's at and what he's doing. I, I enjoyed it for what it is. I'm probably not going to go back, but like I enjoyed it and I'm glad it exists and it's out there. Yeah, I listened to it once. I think I'll probably revisit it again just to see if maybe there's anything that sticks out. Uh-huh. But it, it's enjoyable and it's, it's definitely interesting. So we'll, okay, run through these next three. Yeah. I haven't listened to any of these. Okay, so I wanted to bring up this new Blood Orange album, Negro Swans. Um, I started listening to it today. 
I got through, I think, two and a half songs, and I was just like, I don't feel like listening to this right now. Yep. Not because so it's, it's bad. almost 50 minutes, right? It's like 50 minutes. And so what I've gathered from this album is there's no, like, real standout track, like, uh, what was it, Best to Me, that Empress of best, song. Best, best of You, Best to You. Best, something like that. Be best of You. Yeah, what, something like that. that and fucks, it was dude. all basically just that, like, mid-tempo like guitar blood orange where it's just kind of uh, like I was the two and a half songs I listened to I was like I'm bored and I was like I wasn't excited about this to begin with didn't get the same hype as Freetown Sound did and I Freetown Sound I really like but it was again only for like a like a stretch of time and never wanted to go back to it after with the exception of like a song it's definitely one where I forced myself to like it more than I really did that kind of happened with, well because it was like I was listening to it at a time when we were moving and I just associated it and right it was when like, we were moving into McGregor yeah I remember like, listening to it as I unpacked boxes in my what mind what it reminds me of is, is doing homework on like July 4th weekend <laughs> fun <laughs> no wonder you don't like that album I like it no I like it I just didn't like it as much as I like thought I did and I think that is... And I knew it then. I think that's been the story with me too. Yeah. Um, and that's why, like, I, I don't know if I'm even going to listen to this. I, I just wanted to see if you had or if you kind of feel the same way. I have not listened. Okay. I, maybe I'll check it out. I, I don't know. Uh, this other one I have on here is Tom Berlin. Uh, it's an album called At Weddings. This reminds me so much of Julie Byrne. Um, oh, okay. It scratches that itch. It's just that whole vibe. There's a couple really, really good songs on here. It's a quick listen. I think it's like 35 minutes or something. So worth checking out if you need that in your life. Um, so the last one, Jake, and this is going to introduce a new segment called Convince Me. So in this case, Sean is convincing me to listen to what? Astro World by Travis Scott. Okay, Jake. let's hear it. I have not listened to this album yet. I've heard a couple songs through you. Yes. I've seen that it's gotten some a lot of buzz. A lot of buzz. It, it seems it, to be like Twitter very popular. Oh my god. That, Jake, th that's the best way to describe this album. This album's Twitter. This yeah. album is Twitter for good and bad. Okay. So, okay. so in this new segment, Convince Me, one person is going to try and convince the other person why they should check something out. We're going to give three reasons. My first reason, Jake, for Astroworld, the features on here are awesome. They have Frank Ocean, Drake, 21 Savage, The Weeknd, like basically the who's who of like rap right now juice world is on there like one of these up-and-comer like soundcloud people it's like the whole spectrum of like who's hot right now okay and it's interesting so travis scott i think has some kind of relationship with kanye um but like there's no kind of legacy there's no kanye there's no jay-z there's none of that it's all very much like of the moment shit like that's who i want on this album that's cool so the in particular the frank ocean and drake features it's tracks two and three on this album it starts out incredibly strong. The first three tracks on here are like, cannot miss. They're so fucking good. Stargazing is the first one. It's just Travis. Then it goes into this Frank Ocean one called Carousel. Then it goes into this Drake track called Sicko Mode. Drake sounds better on Sicko Mode, the third track, than he does on almost any song on Scorpion. Like, he starts out with this little intro. This like 15, 20 second intro. Is he rapping? Intro. He's rapping. Starts out with like this 20, 20 second intro. Then it goes to a completely different Travis Scott like song, basically. Okay, okay. Travis is rapping. 
Then it goes to a completely other different Drake part of the song. So the cool thing about this, and I'll get to this a little bit later, is like this this chopped and screwed kind of like vibe of this album. Travis was like, Drake, do you have like an intro thing? Okay, I have my part. Do you have another part? And it's like different hooks in each one. You'd think it's three different songs, but it, it's not. It's like this medley of like awesome, just Drake and Travis going back and forth. That's interesting. And it's really fucking cool. Like I said, Drake kind of sounds better here than he does at any point on Scorpion. I've fallen off on Scorpion in terms... I don't give a shit about, like, that album. It's just... I'm like, it's fine. You don't. It's just like, other than the handful of songs, I'm just like... Drake... Too much bloat with Drake nowadays. Sure. So, the other... Uh, reason number two, why you should listen to Astroworld, Jake. And this is what I mean where it's like Twitter. This album perfectly toes the line between of-the-moment trends in rap and pop rap yeah and of what a rap album can be um interesting and and what i mean about this is like the the chopped and screwed stuff like that that might sound hyperbolic for something like Astro World that's like made to be memefied but i think that's the whole point of so, why i think this album is like sort of genius so because it seems to be it does seem like to be getting a lot of attention online is it, do you think because of how many people are yes, on it? Yes, I think it, it's casting a wide net. It's like if you're a fan of like any of these people, you're basically getting one song by them. Yeah. And then Travis is like a blank canvas rapper where it's just like, I'm going to... Like there's a line on Sicko Mode where he's like, who put this shit together? I'm the glue. It's like I went and grabbed all these people and I'm just doing my Travis Scott normal rap shit. But like I'm putting, putting this all together in this super viral but like also low attention span way where like a song's going one way as soon as you get bored like oh i'm coming back with another thing and then we're ending with another one okay. it's like mini albums in a song and it's like it's it's this might be giving it too much credit but that's how i've been reading it and i'm just like this is fucking awesome that's like no one else is doing this i have i have a trust tree for you so yeah. a segment within a segment uh -huh. it's like hamlet a play mm -hmm. within a play to give us too much credit trust tree i'm not positive i even know what travis scott sounds like oh i didn't either before you okay. like shouldn't okay that's the thing like he he sounds like everybody else okay like trust yeah. tree he doesn't Rissini. necessarily have a unique rap voice at some points i'm like is that kanye and it's like no it's travis like, like you know so for that that's reason number two that like this chopped and screwed welding songs together kind of virality of just taking like yeah. little things that people love it's like it's, it's candy. It's like candy. Okay. Um, okay. Number three, one of the few albums this year that works just as well when you're doing a close listen as it does when you're just letting it kind of hang in the background. Yeah. You don't need to listen very closely, but if you do, there's going to be so many nuggets you latch onto with it. So um, I've done this where I've put it on just like hanging out like when my sister was here i was like ah i'll throw an astro world because it's kind of long it's like an hour yep it's like 17 songs it'll take up chunks of time when i know people aren't really listening that closely but it's like the most modern day rap sounds so no one's gonna be like what the fuck is this they're gonna right. be like oh i just heard drake and like oh i hear the weekend now and like it's just this sound that i've become accustomed to and right. part of it is that like you don't want to seem like you don't want to be like, turn this off. It's like, it's Travis Scott's Astro World. It's like the most popular rap album out right now. Right. And that's part of it, where it's like, it's a safe thing to put on in the background, where it's like, it sounds really good, 
but also no one's gonna say boo about it. You know when you kind of get like, mm-hmm. I get anxious sometimes. I'm like, oh, is everyone gonna like like this or think it's fucking weird? You 100%, know, hundred percent. This is the perfect like. Oh, no one's gonna think this is weird. Everyone can find something they like with Astro World. Very nice. That's okay. a big reason. I can dig uh, it. Works really well for general hangouts. Um, and then bonus one, throughout this album, an auto tune who I think is Travis, like hype man version of Travis, is just yelling, "It's lit." All right, straight up, over and over again, no, ch- and ch- it gets stuck in your head, and it's the funniest thing. It's awesome. Do you think any of this album is in any way parody? Maybe, or, maybe, or a may- little bit maybe of commentary because that maybe that sounds bit. like parody to me. Dude, it sounds like it on the album. It's like you're definitely just poking fun at like how this happens. At like Migos, who like say that shit, and Migos absent on this album. Migos, it feels like I don't like Migos. I'm Very not much. in on Migos either. It feels like they're taking a hit publicly. It does like, seem that way. Like Culture 2 got kind of shit on yeah. critically and popular in terms of like yes. popular listens. and uh, Way too fucking long. Yeah. I don't know, man. Anything I've ever heard by them seems fucking annoying. Not to distract. So those are the reasons. Downsides of this album where you might not like it. It, like I said, it's 17 tracks, 58 minutes long. There are a... There's, there's like... Four songs that you could get rid of easily on here and it'd okay. be a better album. That being said, though, that's kind of why it works. Because yeah. it's like, oh, it's just vibe right now and like you're just doing shit that sounds cool, I guess. So it's a trim the fat contender as well. It's definitely a trim this the fat the, contender. This is the segment that spawned a million segments. That's, tr- that's true. This is like it's the true. Velvet Underground and Nico it's of true. segments. It's very... <laughs> Everyone who heard this segment started a segment of their own. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's some inside baseball fucking reference shit right there. Weird shit. I will say the first three songs cannot miss. Next couple are eh. No Bystanders. Awesome. Um, There's a nice 21 Savage. Guess guess first a little bit later. Yosemite is great. Butterfly Effect I think is like one of the big radio hits. Good album. Little bit of filler. I love it. I've just been like... You've been Throwing in. It on. You're in. So okay, I think you should check it out. If for nothing else, Jake, the Frank Ocean yeah feature on Carousel, it's it's, awesome. it's worth hearing anything Frank Ocean it's does. It's very very good. And it's it's a big get. It for is. Someone. It is um, in the rap world. So that kind of wraps up our summer music recap, Jake. Let let us do a release radar. Let's to, do it to man. wrap up. So I just have I just have two down. We have a new Wild Nothing album coming out. Indigo. Indigo. Um, a cool word. It is a cool word. Has the wild nothing sound maybe run its course? I feel well, like I the, need something like more exciting. The wild nothing sound has changed a little bit. It has. It's not the same. I don't as like it as much as I used to. I don't either, and it doesn't seem like anyone does. No, it doesn't seem like they're. they're he's getting as much as Jack no. Tatum, which is a cool name. Yeah, it is. Is getting as much attention on. His more recent albums, no. like on uh, that f- the Year of Pause or whatever it was Life called. Life of Pause. Life of Pause. Yeah. And it was fun. I made a conscious effort. I was like, I'm going to listen to this and like figure out what the fuck is going on here. Because it, it like frustrated me, that album. And I listened more. I was like, okay, this is actually like pretty good. Yeah. I just do not like this nearly as much as those first two albums. He, man, he was doing something right on Gemini and Nocturne. Oh my god, yeah. Especially Nocturne yeah. for me. yeah. yeah. Like, there's some, like, songs like Rhea and shit. Nocturne is uh, a moment. It's so good. Yeah. It's so it's good. Really good. Remember, we're, you were there when we went and saw him and Dive, Dive right? Yeah. What that a fucking a cool flashback. Show. Do you remember you and 
I think Logan and Mitch. Yeah. Or you and Mitch. Maybe Matt Sullivan. It was some combination. It was Logan and Mitch came with us. You came and picked me up at UNH. That's right. And we drove to Boston. That's right. Oh my god. I yeah. class. You guys picked me up like after class. That's right. We were like 20. That's the kind of dumb shit we would do then. We're like, yeah, that, why wouldn't we go pick you up? Well, because at that point it's like, it's still exciting that we can even drive <laughs> right. and go. Right. It's exciting to like go to a college. Yep. And, like, all drive down together. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Now, dude, none of us would extend ourselves would like, like that. Uh, we wouldn't even want to go to the show. No, I wouldn't go. Like, oh, it's a weeknight show? Okay, not going. Uh, yeah. No thanks. And I wondered why there were no, like, late 20s into their 30s people at this show. That show was cool, dude. And, like, that was the one where Zachary Cole Smith was doing his, like, he's doing a hardcore Kurt Cobain yeah, thing. Remember how time. big a shirt he had on? It was, like, one of the Kanye, like, uh, Yeezy line, like, hobo shirts. He is a slim and small guy. He was wearing easily a triple extra yeah, large yeah, shirt. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Rid- hope that dude's doing okay. Me too. Uh, man. Last one, Jake. Justin Vernon and Aaron Dessner are putting out a joint album together called Big Red Machine. I've heard a few of the songs already. Now, this sounds like a match made in heaven, like the musical uh, kind of force, one of, the, one of the musical forces behind the national matching up with, you know. Justin Vernon. The, Justin Vernon. This, it's, I think this is going to be more of just like a, an ideas kind of album That's than a, anything. Yeah. That seems to be, I think they're very into doing stuff like that. It's yeah. like we're putting out like ideas and I think it helps their creative process before they put something out on their flagship uh, you know, name. I'm always skeptical when albums like this come Me out. Me too. Just in terms of like, I'm ah, can it possibly be that good? Because like, those are two creative forces and like, they're probably people who are better, more fully exploring their own ideas. I agree. Than compromising for someone else. Yeah. yeah. You know I, what I mean? I, I would agree with that. Uh, but I, I do think it knocks out some of the cobwebs of, yeah. here's an idea I'm working on. I haven't made it fit anywhere else. Let's put it out here. And I can kind of maybe put it to bed a little bit and start to like do other shit. If this gets us better and more national and Bonnie Vare records, great. Yeah. And I bet there's going to be some nice moments throughout. So it'll be an interesting listen. Yeah. I- I'll probably check it out. Yeah. Oh, I will too, for sure. For sure. Uh, anything else, Jake? No, good to be back. I think good we'll, to be I back. Think we're going to try to string a few together. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. I think so. We're going to try to get back so to well. it. Yep, definitely. After our break. All right. Well, we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks, everyone. GarageBand decided to bone uh, me tonight. Jake, it has been a has been a long absence. We can we can address this. Can be our pre-show. We can address this now rather this rather pre-show. than like pontificating at the top of the show about how frequently or not frequently we do the podcast. <laughs> Which we People did. are like, I just wanted foxing and Mitski discussions. Like, I don't care about you two. I don't know why I was just popping my headphones on. I don't the cans. I don't on. put cans on. Turn my headphones up. Yeah, so we did, you know, we actually did a model that might make sense for the summer. Yeah. Which is... Yeah, which is, is this like a Nate Silver model? Ma- what our models are telling... Nate Silver was the fucker who said Hillary Clinton was, like, it's the biggest lock of all time. And we away. got... It, that's why we were so shocked on election night. That well, fucker what? Nate Silver. And he looked so disheveled during his interviews because his models were off. When What I meant was actually... <laughs> 
not, not that at all. <laughs> Nothing to do with Nate Silver. <laughs> I was just talking about 538 or whatever the fuck is yeah, that. Is yeah, that what it's it's what it, yeah, it's what it is. I mean, like, maybe the summer, like July, August, it's a pot a month. Maybe I, that actually I think, makes sense. I, I think that's true. Unless we get, like... Or bi-weekly pods. A jam-packed yeah. slate. Which we did come mid-August with Mitski and Foxing. That's but, true. like... We're gonna hit it now when we get back yeah. to like a more regular schedule. So it, new, I, I agree. Like, new Beatles album comes out like, well, in uh, the second week of July. Like, gotta wait till end of July. Get on. Yeah, we just did our first one for July, so we gotta Dude, wait. Like what? Like what? there's things to. Uh, but yeah, I think that probably makes sense. So it's we once uh, a month for we, the summer. Yeah, yeah, in our time off, we, we saw the world. Sean already. I, you, I you saw, saw a different state in the United States. I saw Colorado. It was beautiful. Saw the world. Um, Traveled just, the world. Just Colorado and some airports and some flyover states. So it's kind of yeah. like Aladdin and Jasmine. Kind of on the kinda, magic whole new world. Ride. That's right. You flew probably the world around. <laughs> is that what you is that what you assumed also when you were a kid that they flew around the world? Um, I'm pretty sure they do because, dude, they show them like all over the fucking place. Well, it's a magic carpet. That's what I'm saying. It's like I bet that dude can go like Mach ten. Like that's what I'm saying. But carpet is like the MVP of 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 that. Part of the magic, though, I think, is it. You might be going (laughs) Mach ten. I don't know what that means. But I think the the magic is it feels like a nice, cool, like romantic, breezy breezy carpet ride where you're going like. 15 miles per hour. There was absolutely at least hand stuff on the carpet, oh right? Oh my god, dude. Like, there's a reason why it's a carpet and not... It, it absorbs messes. Well, like, so, and Jasmine and Aladdin are both beautiful Oh, people. they're tanned. They're they're in shape. Aladdin is always... The like prime of their lives. Running from fucking, like, from street vendors. That's he's right. Steal, trying to steal yeah. bread from him in a boo. He's, um, he's, he's got the, like... You to know, quote Dennis, the Christ on a cross look. <laughs> That's right. He's like kind of skinny, but dude, he's so handsome. But you can see his muscles, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jasmine. How old were they supposed to be? Dude, probably like Younger than 12. what we think. Dude, probably, probably like preteens. They probably shouldn't have been dressing Jasmine up in like this suggestive And they give her that voice. She's like, Arabian and she's talk. talking to the, the salt. And she's like, Daddy, like, I want to go like yeah, marry like, Aladdin. This is, this is weird. And she has this breathy, like yeah. sexualized voice. Yeah, it's really weird. But that's that's a whole other thing. That's how I imagined your trip. Uh, Something like that. It was something like that. So, yeah, we, you know, life gets in the way. It's the summer. Like, you're doing stuff. And, like, there's not that much new music coming out, to be honest with you. Maybe we could have done a better job of doing some evergreen content, some top ten lists. But fuck that. Like, you know, we'll do that at other parts of the year. Yeah, or not. Yeah, like... Or we won't. Whatever. I It would be cool if we did. I mean, I think it just yeah. came down to, like, I took some vacation, you took some vacation. Time didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like, know? our vacations were exactly one week staggered. Right. So, you know... And, you know, the time... Get off my dick, guys. Right, yeah. Get off it. Yeah, I mean, like, we... I, in fact, actually heard no feedback. You... To, to, Oof. In, in, Silence was deafening. In neither month did we hear anything from anyone to indicate that they even noticed our actions. Yeah, I don't care. Like, whatever. No, I'm... I, like, I'm again, post-care of right. really anything. Right. No, I, I am I with about. you. I was just pointing out the fact that, like, we're joking. No one oh, yeah. got at us yeah. at all. We haven't no. heard from anyone in months no. about this fucking yeah. thing. <laughs> we haven't. I, yeah, I know. It's whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. It's just funny. You know what? If there's going to be one episode that does it, I feel like it's this one. The yeah, Summer I Music hope. Recap Bonanza. I hope so. I, like, There's a few of these I haven't listened to. That's part of. going to be part of the take, though. Because there's, like, there's some I haven't listened to. 
I didn't so. listen to um, the Tom Berlin one, Astro World, or Blood Orange. We can like honestly fly. I feel okay. So I feel like a majority of the conversations can end up being Foxing Mitski. We'll fly through fucking these other ones Dude. and just have like a thought. Then I actually introduced a new segment. I saw that. That's what's putting asses in the seats. It's going to be new segment called Convince Me. The Convince me. I like the I like the, the different inflection. On Convince the me. Yeah, you know. And then, so I have three reasons why uh, you would like Astro World or why you should listen to Astro World. No, I think part of Convince Me should be you play to your audience too. True, that's true, uh, and it like is. It good. is. Good, it good, is. Good. It's it's all. I, I actually put the most effort into Convince Me. I actually wrote things out. Um, so yeah, let, let's let's dive in. Let's do it. All right, one moment. Just shooting off a text. Um, okay, I'm going to pull up. Are we doing Foxing first or Mitski first? Because I want to have the track list. Let's do up. Foxing. Okay. Also, last thing. Why, why, why does Aladdin and like all those characters, why do they have single blocks of white as teeth? <laughs> yeah. Like um, a big, it looks like they have a, they have like whitening strips. In yeah, mouth. because they definitely aren't like brushing well. Or at all. Right. The dude's eating a loaf of bread for dinner. Right, but he's got fucking pearls. They're just all one. Yeah, it's all. It's like a mouth guard. It's weird. It's vi- Yeah, it's very weird. Why do they do that? I think it's just easier to animate. They're like, oh, all we need to do... Like, you get it. You know what it is. You know, like... You understand, but even as a kid, I was like, that's fucking strange. Maybe? I don't know. Maybe it just, like, looked hard to do with... The, the style of animation it was. Yeah, maybe, man. Who I mean, like, they animated, like, the Taj Mahal and shit. That's true. But that's stationary. But, like, if you're always talking and, and you're moving, like, that's... What about carpet? Carpet flies. And yeah, carpet has ornate but patterns. But, like, that is the magic carpet. It's flying. I understand that. But it's, it's easier to draw teeth than a magic carpet that flies. Yeah, but what's more important to the story? The the ma- exactly. The so, of course, they're going to be like, okay, what? We're ranking things in order of time they take. And then inverse ranking them and how important they are. Top of the line is probably the carpet for importance and amount of time it takes. Low on that is the teeth. Teeth aren't like detailed. Know, man, detailed time, teeth is not important to tell the story of Aladdin. I'm not asking Aladdin. for detail. I'm asking I'm for just, just saying, like, like delineation. Lines. lines. Like yeah. the, the characters are well drawn. It's beautiful animation. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they ran out of budget. I don't for know. For teeth? Yes. Drawing? Yes. I don't understand why you're like being a de- like, I'm just, you know, defending them. Because I've thought of it, but it, like, it's like, well, why not just do it that way? Oh, I mean, you it's know? not a huge They got movie. away with it. Right. It's, it's a huge, like huge movie. It's like probably one of the best animated Disney, like that style of animation, right? Like that and what else is up there? Lion King. Lion King. Yeah. yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Little those Mermaid. are the big, I think those are probably like the big three. Dirty Secret about Aladdin. It's my favorite animated Disney movie. It falls apart at the end a little bit. Oh, Last five minutes. Big time. When like gets, Aladdin get, ends gets, up in the North Pole. It gets weird. It gets weird. And Jafar's like, he becomes a serpent. Like a sultan. A king and then cobra. A sorcerer. Yeah. And then a giant snake. Right, But right. then he's easily killed. Kind of like Voldemort. Shit wraps up in like five minutes. Yeah, it's kind of a mess. And he frees Genie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All right, I, I'm good. Yeah, me too. A lot of Aladdin talk for uh, more, mo- much first more, pod back. Certainly more than I had had, I had anticipated. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's let's dive in here. Three, two, one. 